the Seeds You Sow podcast, planting seeds of applied knowledge, strategic change, and unstoppable passion. Coming to you live. All right, what's up, everybody? This is the Seeds You Sow podcast, and I'm your girl, Aisha Tripp, coming to you live, KUSF.org, 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 like that. Like that? Yeah, I'm like it's that. It's a little double uh, <laughs> Like, get ready. Get ready. KUS. KUF. CZOs. CZOs. Get it. Get it. Got it. Got it. Good. Good. What? All right, y'all. I'm in the studio with my co-host. Ashley's on my right-hand side today. My man, girl, Ashley. How you Good doing? Good evening, y'all. I'm great. Yes. I what love you, being on here. What's your orange coat that the listeners can't see? I know. You know who picked it out? <laughs> It's a great coat, by the way. He not picked it out, but he yeah. made me go back and buy it. Like you're going back to get that coat. Yes. I'm, like, I'm not spending dollars on that coat. He's like, you're going back to get that coat. That's the flyest coat in your jacket. And I was thinking, I got so many compliments on it coat. today, and I was thinking, it this is, is all Michael. Coat. Oh my gosh! And we have Michael in the studio with us, Deacon Mike, y'all. Hey, how's it going today? Good Glad morning. to be here, sitting next to y'all. Of course, as so, always. Mike, you're not only a deacon, but now you're a fashion stylist. Oh, you didn't know that? <laughs> in a basketball coach, right? <laughs> and a youth advocate. <laughs> And an educator and a writer. Like, what do you not do? I signed new 2018 Renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for the intro. Next, next. I don't know what to say. Oh today. man. And also in the studio with us today, we have the lovely guest, Miss Odelia. And Odelia, am I gonna pronounce your last name? I should have asked you before air, but. Can you say it real quick? Oh, it's Young, yeah. Okay. And you could call me Delia. I only go by Odelia professionally, but like when I'm not like at work and that paycheck, I'm just Delia. Okay. <laughs> and I had to ask, and maybe I'm just wanted to make sure, because it's Young with the E at the end. Yeah. I was like, is she like Young A? I was like, I didn't know. I, was like, I get Young and Young Gee. Yeah. Lot. I was yeah. like, Young Gee is my favorite. Young Gee. Yeah. Young <laughs> I love your name, Odelia. Okay, we're gonna call you Delia. Yeah. <laughs> and your government name, Odelia. But yes, everybody. I like to keep that divide between like who shows up at work and like who shows up after work. Yes, but Odelia's in the studio with us today to talk about this amazing, phenomenal, just, I I don't know what other word to say, but just very thought-provoking and heart-moving performance called This Is My Body that she is leading up with other women in the community. So we're going to be talking with her today about the This This Is My Body movement, um, something that's in conjunction with the Me Too movement. The fact that, like, can we applaud this real quick? Can we applaud Odelia on what she's doing? (laughs) Because I appreciate, and we'll get into this more, but the fact that we know we're living in a very trending time. Yeah. Everybody was talking about Me Too two, three months ago. Why, why does it stop? And I, I appreciate the fact that through this performance, you're keeping it going. So oh, Yeah, we got to keep it going. And we have to give space for people who don't want to just shout it out on social media, who mm-hmm. might not go to a march. Like, what's another, like, venue and medium for somebody else to enter who also wants to share their story in a new way that they might not have thought they could previously share it in? I love that. Wow, I love that new medium because, again, we are talking about social media. Not everybody wants to have a social media account. Yeah. The social... The, We'll talk about dating <laughs> later and like, you know, the parameters and how that is a now yeah. a new part of your relationship where that was not a part of our parents' relationship or our grandparents' uh, relationship. But mm. like that's because all those apps ask you if you want to link your Instagram and it's like hmm, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, can I get comfortable where I'm at right now? Like, why are you why are you trying to pressure me? Like too much, too much, too soon, Lord. But yeah, that brings up a really great point. And it's good to make sure that those different platforms are being presented because there's so many different ways. 
that we can get our message out there. It's more than just a hashtag, y'all. Like, people are living these things. Like, they're really happening. So, we're excited because Odelia, or excuse me, I keep wanting to call you Odelia. It's fine. I, I mean, <laughs> I'll answer to both. <laughs> yeah, I just, I had a friend named, no, her name was Delia. I remember that. So I like your name though a lot. Thank cool. you. You don't really meet that many people with like no, the O name. You know. Shout out to my mom who'll hopefully be watching this later. <laughs> you gotta shout out the moms. You gotta shout out the dads. You gotta shout out the people that gave us our yes. names. Yeah. Who gave you your um do you guys know who gave you your names? My dad gave me my name. Nice. Yeah. Is there a story behind it? Yeah, so he likes names that could be both boys and girls' names. Nice. Um in in nineties, Ashley was a boy and a girl name. Um, oh. Yeah, his daughters have names that can be both boys and girls. So he has another daughter named Kobe and another daughter named Quincy. Oh, I so, like that. Yeah, he I like Quincy. Very thoughtful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he also likes racially ambiguous names because he didn't want people to think that we were anything on paper before meeting us and allowing us to speak for ourselves, <laughs> which I really like that about my name. Like, you have no idea. Hey, that's, you know, will we ever get to a time, though, where, where we, like, will that be, like, an issue? We have to think about that? I don't know, because right now we're at the stage where, like, you need to cover the name on a resume and just look at a resume. Like, we were talking about that at work, like, how important that is Gosh. so that you're giving everybody a fair chance and you're not basing anything off of, like, Dang. your bias or um, pre-notion, like, stereotypes. So I think mm. that we're at a point where we actually have to cover names because of all of the things happening. <sighs> that's mm. an episode to do. Michael, does your name have a story? Deacon Mac. <laughs> um, I think the only story that comes with my name is that clearly my mother was indecisive because I have two middle names. Mm. Um, oh. And so my two possibilities for first name was Michael and Derek, and they chose to go with Derek, and then my mom wanted my father's name to be a part of my name, uh -huh. so I am Michael Jean Derek Waller. Oh. Um, so this I think is why I just... love Michael, because I know all these stories you can tell, and I'll be like, this is like my best friend, I know all these stories. Like, that's my best friend. You tell the story for him, you always tell the story. Like, you always tell the story. I got that vibe, like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to have a story. Oh, man. And it was funny, my mom and I were in a bank the other day, and um, I, like, gave my ID to the to the woman who was uh, helping us. And she was like, oh, you have two middle names. She was like, I'll try to put that on there. And I was like, <laughs> I was like well, if you don't have space, you could just go with Gene. Like, usually, you know, on my debit cards, they'll just pick G instead of doing GD all the time. Yeah. Um, and my mom was like, oh, sorry about that, Michael. Like, <laughs> sorry, I didn't, you know, didn't know that would <laughs> You know, you can change it if you want. And I'm like, no, nah, go with it, Mom. Hey, Michael, I like it. Your name really does sound like a deacon, though. Like, yeah. Michael Jean Derek Waller. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, first giving honor to my pastor, Michael Jean Derek Waller. <laughs> Aisha, I think my name could be anything, and it would sound like a deacon to you. Really? Just because you know me well enough to know what I say to young people, and so I'm going to You can also do the life. initials well. You could be like M.G.D. Waller. Like, that oh, would work. Cool. Yeah. That, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Delia? Michael Jean Derek Waller? Ashley. Oh, and I love your middle name. Now I feel like I want to tell the story. Well, no, you tell it. No, it's better. I think it's better when other people, the fact that other people know you well enough to tell the story is great. So, your middle name is Brazil. Mm -hmm. And if I remember correctly, I don't remember now I think about it. Uh, my mom wanted to name me something like different. and like, Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so, <laughs> no, I'm just giving you the reason. <laughs> no, I think that's 
I remember you telling me yeah, that. Like, maybe something my dad was like, no, we don't want, like, my mom went from Inoku to, like, I want something different to, like, I just want it to be kind of exotic but kind of just different. And my dad was like, no, because you want people to just look at her and not judge her of her name. So my mom got to choose my middle name as being, like, Brazil. Why was I thinking, did you ever tell me this, though, that your mom also changed it, I mean, picked Brazil because she also wanted to go there? Or was that somebody? That's oh. just no. That's okay, I was like, that's why I was like, wait, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, actually. <laughs> I was like, we, we always start on the podcast. We gotta have some random story. conversation or Aisha. whatever. Oh, you guys know. Well, Aisha is from. Um, well, my dad wanted it to be Aisha from Stevie Wonder's Isn't She Lovely, where it says life is Aisha, the meaning of her name. My mom was like, no, I like Aisha, so it was this back and forth battle. Obviously, my mom won, <laughs> but it's one of the same, but it comes from the Stevie Wonder song. And does your dad so, still yeah. call you Aisha sometimes? He does. When he gets mad, he goes, Aisha! I'd be like, I don't know who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, on my birth certificate, it says Aisha, you know, I and a shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I hope you guys are listening to us because the Oscars are going on. So if you're listening to us, that means we're more important than like the Oscars. But at the same time, like Odila, you were talking about that. Yeah. So who just won Best Screenplay? Uh, Jordan Peele for Get Out, and Woo! I'm really hoping Get Out wins Best Picture too. It should be happening sometime. Oh, very my friends soon. will like have this chat that's going on. I'm sure people. Will All right, let that. us know when it happens. When <laughs> Are you guys big Oscar watchers? I'm not. Neither am I. No. I'm not a big. Maybe we can get an like, Oscar one day though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant won one tonight, so anything's possible. Wow. Yeah. Talking about somebody who hey. like, raped a woman a couple oh, years ago. So. Dang, I forgot he can, about he that. Oscars to anybody. Was he charged? You know, money talks. I mean, they gave Casey Affleck a best like actor win last year, and he was all wrapped up in that stuff, too. And then he was thanking Denzel for helping him become a better actor, and they panned to Denzel. Denzel just got this look on his face, like, get my name out of your mouth. Oh. It was such a great moment. <laughs> like, I do not know this person. I'm just going to look down, yeah. look outside. Somebody put you on spot, and you wasn't ready to be on spot. Uh, and also, Fences was phenomenal, so I don't know why he didn't win. Fences I haven't had a phenomenal. chance to watch it. I watched half of it. Just remember when we were trying to get back into black movies? I oh, was okay. Like, it's really good. The band's yeah. between him and his wife. It's it's really good. So my whole thing was, and I, I would watch it. I think it's because I've read the play so much, mm. and then also I've seen it. So I think it, by the time it came out, I was like, okay, I'm already familiar with this story. No, like, mm. much respect to August Wilson. Yes, yeah. we appreciate you. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, just at the time I was like, I'll watch it when I watch it. Now I'm like, dang, it's been out for like two years now. Mm -hmm. So that's not, that's I thought it was like a good representation of the play, though. Um, I just wish that sometimes plays or movies like that would be studied the same way that we mm. study the play um, mm. in academia. Because I think that um, even on like first read of the play, I didn't get from it. Um, what I did until we had the discussion about it afterward, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And so I think that that movie has so much more to give than so many people see because they yeah. haven't got the background of what the play is and they haven't had the discussions about like what some of the things meant. Um, hmm. So yeah, I, I just wish we, there were more conversations about that movie because I think that in connection to the play, it was super powerful. That's something like to note in terms of when certain historical pieces like that 
our transition into film into like mainstream Hollywood like mm -hmm. what is lost yeah you know even I'm thinking y'all gonna have to deal with us we're gonna get into the topic but I just gotta say this really quick too I'm thinking about um, Birth of a Nation mm. with um, Nate Parker which is another person that was accused of certain <laughs> things that we can mm. also have a conversation about but you know, when it came out, obviously it's mainstream, it's Hollywood. You'll hear the whole like, well, of course they can't get into all like the true facts and the true history behind it because it's for Hollywood. But I'm like, well, how much of for Hollywood do we need to sacrifice? Mm -hmm. You know, so and how do you still have those conversations? And maybe they are ha happening. I don't know. Then everybody writes think pieces about everything nowadays. Like Damon said two weeks ago, you can't really enjoy anything anyway without somebody thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I mean, but they all come out like two seconds later. So I just <laughs> think of them as thoughtless pieces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good way because it's very like reaction based and it's like yes. I want to be the first one to put it out there. Yeah, we never used to like to have a conversation like this and then maybe like two weeks later I'd sit down and write something about yeah. something yeah. we talked about but you need time to unpack and talk to people and make sense of things and do some sense making together mm. before you start you know and then everyone's gonna have a first reaction and that's also fine to share but mm. nobody writes it as if this is my first reaction it's like oh you know I wrote this two seconds later but this is my gospel truth yeah, that's, a <laughs> that's a great point no that really is a great point because I always think like and Michael knows this when we're at work. I'm like, I need to go home and process it. Like, mm. I didn't expect to get anything out of this meeting today other than brainstorming because mm. it's going to take me thinking in the shower where my thoughts are going to come together, going to eat the next day. It's going to take me three, four days later working on something else when my brain is still working on it when I'm asleep mm -hmm. and then sitting down one Saturday morning and, like, writing it all together. Like, Very true, very true. process-oriented. I think with some movies like that, doing, like, your due diligence and... Like, people yeah. sometimes don't even know that a movie like that is based on a playwright. Mm. Yeah, you know? they don't. Um, and so you have these interpretations or you have these uh, so-called, you know, things to write about, but you don't even really know the background of the story. You don't know mm -hmm. what's going on. Um, and so, like I said, what made that movie so cool to me was mm. the studying I did of the play before that play or before that movie even came out. Yeah. Um, and then when I am looking at that movie in comparison to the play and what I got from the play, that's what made it really cool and something really exciting for me. Whereas mm. somebody may have just watched a movie and never even heard of the play and then wrote, wrote something that really has nothing to give. Yeah. You know, and it's not an educated piece that they wrote. It's just a... Um, typing on my computer right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, it's such a large commentary on, like, we don't know what we're building off of. You know, there's mm. so many people, yes. like, in Speak our past, that. our ancestors who have done really great things, and then somebody else is doing it now in, like, yes. 2018. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's like, oh, this is new. I was like, no, this actually comes from a long tradition. <laughs> and there is a bit of privilege in knowing what that tradition is, so then how do we as a com community help everyone have access to that ancestral, that historical knowledge that we're all building off of every yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah. What's the saying? In the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Mm. And so the privilege <laughs> that we have is, like, when you have, like, access and you're given these stories, people out there listening, take the time to do the research. It's a, It can be as something as a simple Google. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, even starting on a Wikipedia page behind yeah. it. You know, like, something like, for example, like, with the Great Debaters film. You know, like... When you, I looked that up, it was like, oh, yeah, in the movie, they had it based in Harvard in terms of, like, that being the first um, college that they beat that was an all-white college. But the true, the true story was they actually beat University of Southern California. Mm -hmm. But because they wanted to Hollywood it up, they put Harvard. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, just showing that example in terms of, like, do your own research, people. Like, don't just take things at surface value. And, like, thank you for bringing up, like, that amount of privilege mm -hmm. that we have to even, like, yeah, take sure. that in. Right. So... We hope y'all got that. We don't do 
a whole film episode now. We're going to like <laughs> talk about transition from the stage to Hollywood. What are you losing? What are you gaining? Mm. Or what happens <laughs> when you become somebody like Ava? I mean, you really got me on Ava DuVernay. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's not. I watched Thirteenth maybe a couple. Like I rewatched it like two oh, weeks yeah. ago, and mm. I just and like I also watched her interview with Oprah, and I'm just like, she is so thoughtful. But how do you become that big and thoughtful? Is because you have Tyler Perry and Oprah behind you. Without without Hollywood is because you're producing. Mm. Like I was wondering, like why is she able to stay? So the things that she was oh, you talking mean she about, needs the money that doesn't make yeah, her compromise, and Oprah's not going to ask her to compromise. Yeah, it talks mm. about birth of a nation. Like well, you can't get those Hollywood. She's like, well, Thirteenth was yes, not Hollywood, but it was Netflix. Is that different too? Like is it the medium she's using? Mm. Is she, the funding she has? Like yeah. what makes her? Because she's also at a privileged state too. Like what makes her have the ability to put these on with yeah. so much truth? Like mm. the same thing that you get to talk about. Like right now, there's not a lot of people influencing. Like Aisha, you can't talk about that right now. We're not going to produce that we're gonna change it this mm-hmm, way because mm-hmm. you know so I think like what like what's the privilege of that and also how do you navigate that mm. the platforms and what like are you willing to sacrifice in your own personal beliefs to still like put like a message out there too because she was supposed to there were rumors about she was supposed to originally well not originally but she was um, in conversation with directing Black Panther but oh. there was some type of like conflict in terms of like with the story I don't know we should mm. look into that more Mm. I don't know. Y'all see, we y'all already know how we do though. I do y'all, love Ryan Coogler though. <laughs> you know him? Yeah. No, no, no. I just be out of the No, I do not know him. Okay, that just went out. It's fine. So like, what happened there? Sorry, some some technical little small difficulties. Anyway, y'all, you know how we do here at the CG. So we like to talk about everything that's going on in the public. I was gonna ask you guys. I'll ask you guys this later though. Cause I wanted y'all opinion on Monique, but we could talk about that later. Cause I yeah, think, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can get back to that. I like maybe, <laughs> yeah, mm, yeah, I know. I digress, but we're about like 17 minutes in, so it's all good though. But I'm excited for today's topic. Me too. I was like, wait, are y'all excited? I'm, I'm, I'm excited. super. Excited. Are y'all really excited? Yeah. Yeah. Are y'all like <laughs> Fat Man Scoop excited? Like, let's get excited. <laughs> you the best. This is the best topic. Well, we always have good topics, but I'm really excited about this one. Um. This really just came from Ashley had put on our Google sheet, like relationships. And I was like, yeah, I was like, let's talk about relationships, but like in what form, you know? And so today's seat of the day is entitled, Are You in Love with Yourself or Loving Yourself? The relationship you have with others reflects the relationship. The relationship you have with yourself reflects the relationship you have with others. And so today we're gonna have an in-depth, critical, but constructive vulnerable, fun, all well-rounded conversation about what does it mean to have a healthy relationship with yourself in terms of um, in love with yourself, we are living in a very narcissistic, me-based society today. So how do you differentiate between like the love that you have for yourself without being too full of yourself? And then also when you establish that type of healthy relationship with yourself, how does that play with the relationship you have with others? Let it be with your significant other or even like in friendships. But primarily we're gonna be talking more about dating and significant others and giving our own opinions, our own intakes and just having like, you know, an honest conversation. Um, And we want you guys to think about what type of relationship you're having with yourself. Is it a healthy one? Is it one that's really allowing yourself to grow, to build? Are you really doing that self-reflection to bring forth that self-correction? And because we definitely agree to some point and we'll have different you know, opinions on it, 
the relationship that you do have with yourself is going to reflect what's going on within your external world anyway, if yes. that makes sense. And so we definitely have a couple of articles that we're going to reference. Um, one of the articles are The Brain on Love by Diane Ackerman. We also have a um, an article entitled Why You Need to Get to Know Yourself Before a Relationship. Um, this article was posted by the Mindful Living website. And then another article, um, How to Tell if Your Partner Has a Genuine Self-Love, um, an article posted by the Good Men Project. And then the last article, I thought I had written it down, but I have it here somewhere. Do you have it over there, Ashley? Um... Uh, what is it really like to be single in 2017? Yes. What is it like to be single in 2017 by the bustle.com. So we're going to be talking about the relationship we have with ourselves. We're going to be talking about how that's in connection with other people. We're going to be talking about dating. And like I said, I hope this message uh, that we're going to promote is going to really get you guys thinking critically about how you're treating yourself and how you're treating others. And I'm super excited to hear what you guys got to say because I already know we're all coming from different walks of life, different experiences. So I'm going to um, open it up right now. I just now. want to show you some love, though, yeah, because yeah. as I was like, Aisha, where's the articles today? I think the amount of time Aisha puts in to find articles, to find a varied view, to find things that are peer review versus things that are blog written. Like, I love the amount of time that you take to, like, Aww. give us something to do the pre-reading. Oh, um, thank you. I was like, there's a lot of work yeah, that goes thank into you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. You know what I do with my, you know, off time at the job? You know, I'd be like, all right, I'm on my lunch break. Let me get to done. <laughs> Appreciate that. I appreciate you guys coming to the space and offering your opinions and your, like your, um, your constructive and mindful thoughts for our listeners out there. So, I'm pretty sure with everything I just said, everybody's like mind is turning and stuff. Mm -hmm. And as we already know, we're going to open it up with a couple of questions, but our conversation will go. We'll just see and we'll we'll reel it back. We'll reel it back. <laughs> Keep it right there. Um, but I'm curious. I'm going to open it up in terms of like this relationship that we have with ourselves. Do you guys think in today's culture, people are taking enough time to make sure that they are good holistically before they get involved with somebody else? If so, like, why or why not? Um, the easy answer to that question is no. Um, <laughs> no. But also, but also, to be honest with you, if you look back in history, think that, like, that's actually not typically been something that people have considered before getting in relationships. Um, mm. In fact, it may be better today than it has ever been because I think that oftentimes um, marriage in, in the past has been something that like it's, it's really been the oppression of women, where women have to marry to get into a certain position and be with a man to be protected, et cetera, et cetera. So they're not really typically in, in thinking about themselves when mm. they're going into that relationship. They're thinking about, right, both sides are oftentimes thinking about what they could get rather than, um, like, I need to bring a whole person into this relationship. Mm. Um, in terms of our society today, I think that Everything is so fast. We are not patient. Um, this is like the generation of instant gratification. Mm. And so that is shown in our relationships and it's shown in the lack of development that we do on ourselves um, and the lack of patience that we have to give us the time to do that with ourselves. Um, I think this is shown in many, many 
aspects of life, including relationships, but also in education where people um, like absolutely rush through school just to get that piece of paper and entirely miss out on the depth of learning that they could have gotten because they just wanted to get to that piece of paper. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that we miss out on a lot of our um, development personally before we go into relationships and then oftentimes what ends up happening in our relationships is that um, I think on the male end, the male becomes reliant on the woman to bring him forward and pull him along and that oftentimes unfortunately especially <clears throat> with our beautiful black women um affects their um experience within relationships as well hmm. said a lot young brother you said a lot i have some thoughts i want to say but i want to open it up to you guys you guys want to offer your opinions or respond to anything that michael just said michael said a lot and he said he always has a lot of good stuff <laughs> but i think you're right about a couple of things. One, like having the privilege to work on oneself is mm. is also like something that we didn't like self care. The idea of self care and is a new thing. Mm. Like it didn't that was it used to be work hard, hustle hard. Um, anything we do, you have to do it. You have to go 150 percent because you have to give your all. And it wasn't necessarily about you. It could have been like whether you're doing it for work, mm. whether you're doing it for money. It wasn't necessarily like you. And so I do believe that people and I know that it works like it's not to say because we know marriages were like lasting and have worked mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> this was one school of thought but another school of thought is if I know myself I'm able to find someone who can actually match who's actually my soulmate, mm -hmm. right. which is different from just being in a relationship and working on a purely economic based relationship like right. I take care of the home I need a home to live we need food to eat we need kids because that's just part of having society like there's no thought process around like not having kids really or the autonomy that we don't need kids because mm -hmm. like we're at home and I think that there's a lot that has to say with that so that's interesting because it makes me think about how like they could make like such a commodity out of dating or out of marriage and we already know that in terms mm -hmm. of like with weddings with getting it licensed with like you being bought into a family or a structure or even like in today's modern world with like dating websites and dating apps like there's always like this what can I get out of something as opposed to what can I give and even to think about what it means for like self-care and self-love people are still discovering that for themselves I even had to really discover what it meant to love myself because I thought at times I was loving myself and I was like wait hold on am I like you know and it, it, it goes through like those certain like experiences and if you have the time, if you have the privilege, you can do that work, but we're such in a fast pace, as you said, society, and I noted what you had just stated about the lack of patience, like the ability to wait, to work, to really put in that effort isn't something that's like promoted. Right. And so. Yeah, and I think in terms of the development thing, like there's development going on, but we're like still in this age where development is so focused on someone else. So like you might be mm. developing, but you know, you might be a young girl hearing your mom or dad say like, well, if you do that, no guy's going to want you or like you're never going to find anyone. So, you mm. know, you start developing habits and arguably it could be like you were developing yourself, but it's always in a relation of like, how will someone else see this? You know, it's not like an inward looking, I'm doing this for me, but it's like, is this going to like put me in a position to have access to a particular type of person um, that I might want to partner with? Mm. Mm. I like that. How will someone else see this? Like definitely being based upon like the opinions, the judgment and thoughts of other people and not being able to really just like own who we are. And that starts with like the society 
we live in. Since like day one, we're always being told what we should look like, what we should say, how we should act, what we need to do, all at the expense of like thinking that the love that we need needs to come first and foremost from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then that will then ultimately lead to all types of... <laughs> As we know. <laughs> yeah, and then, I mean, it's going to lead to all types of things, but the other thing that we aren't considering is, Delia just said, developing. Like, this is not something that, like Michael said when he talked about school, you do for four years and now you're done. Like, developing oneself and thinking about who you are is a process that happens over the course of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And if you think about just the fact that she's like, we're still developing. We talk about, and we're going to get into, like, love and the brain. We mm -hmm. talk about the brain. Yeah, I was like, when that's... you think about the frontal lobe cortex, it doesn't even finish developing until you're, like, in your early 20s. So at that point, and that's your decision-making skills, at that point, you don't know yourself all the way because yourself is still form formulating. And I think about my father used to always say, the person you are at 18 is different from the person you are at 21, which is different from the person you are at 25, mm -hmm. which is why you probably shouldn't get married until after you're 25 because you're probably still changing. Mm. Mm. And you have to remind people of that all the time. Like, who you marry at 25, 28, 30, it's not going to be the same person at 50 or 60. So how are we able to get back to a point where we are patient with people to change and want to be on a journey with someone instead mm. of getting things from people all the time? Mm. Like that, a journey. That's a really good way to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And then also, too, when you're talking about being patient with people and, like, they're changing in their process, like, there's also this level of, like, commitment and seeing it through because like you just mentioned it's not always going to be the same and mm. people the moment things get hard the moment that things get real the mm. moment it's not all the honeymoon and it's not all flowers and everything great that the movies present itself to be who's really going to be there mm. like are you really down mm -hmm. are you really down like i think that really connects though with like the self-love though because there's a there's a fine line between i'm going to be patient because i know we're growing <sighs> together and am i sticking in a situation that's actually really harmful for me Oh, because like I just want to have someone like I used to have a friend in in high school well, who I know from high school we're still friends now and she would say I only feel like I'm human or that I'm worthy if someone else wants me wow. I used to think how sad that is that someone would feel that way mm -hmm. you know I'm glad that you bring that up because I, I, I like okay I'll just you know I'll, I won't name any names but I'll be honest and vulnerable here the last person that I dated um in that situation, as I look back at things now, that definitely was a situation where I was giving and loving myself to a point where it was like, dang, like, this is harmful, this is not good, and I'm not setting healthy boundaries, right? So when you mention your friend about she stayed in a situation because she she needed another person to make her feel wanted. I look back at that and I was realizing, I was equating to love thinking, oh, well, if I really love somebody, that means I have to stick it out, mm -hmm. regardless of how bad it is. I have to be there for them, no matter what. And it's like, that's not healthy either. Because mm -hmm. you do gotta learn like what boundaries look like. Because the, the, you have to love, you, in my opinion, like you can't sacrifice your own health, your own worth, just to just for the idea of thinking that like oh because I love this person so much I'm willing to just give it all like no it has to be equal has to be reciprocated and it's not healthy to do things like that mm -hmm. not at all I think that the word in there though and I, I thought it from the first article um, to love someone do you really need to love yourself the psychologist says like the final goal is unconditional self-acceptance which and he kept saying in my practice is self-love but 
I was talking to my friend about it today, and it's not that self-love is a hard concept, but love in general is a hard concept. So anytime mm. you hear the word love, it's hard versus when you say, do you have self-acceptance? I can start to think about that, but as soon as you say self-love, like, yeah, I love myself. I mm-hmm. love, like, because the word love has so many connotations. We talk about word choice, mm-hmm. but unconditional self-acceptance is is the exact same thing the, psych- the psychologist says as self-love. Mm. And so then when you take love out of it and say, well, do I unconditionally accept myself? No, because I feel like I'm mm. inadequate because I haven't worked out. No, because I feel like I need to go get an advanced degree. Like then that's when you can start answering, do I love, do I have self-love? And that mm-hmm. goes into how we're, like what you said, how we're defining love. Mm-hmm. And that's why like with the title in terms of like, mm-hmm. are you loving yourself or are you in love with yourself in terms of like a vain narcissistic type of way where in the society we live in today, it's very merit-based. So when you're saying, like, you know, talking about, oh, am I working out enough or do I have this job or whatever like that, like, we will equate external things to define if we are enough or if, like, our love is, like, whole and good. And then people get full of themselves based off of these external things. So, like, oh, I got, like, 100 likes on Instagram. I got this degree. I got this job. I got a heck of people on me. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving myself. But I'm like, but you're basing it off of all these external factors, and you're isolated and consumed within yourself. So is that really love? Is that love? You feel like it's that a song? <laughs> For sure it's got to be a song. If it's not, it's coming out on your album. <laughs> Eminem's is probably y'all dropping in 2018. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you thinking, Michael. I know like us women folk over here. I'm home. thinking. Of, I'm thinking about a lot of things. Um, I like. I'm trying to. I'm thinking about self love and self acceptance, and the idea of acceptance is interesting to me because there's like a, a thin line between accepting where you are, but then also expecting yourself to continue to move forward, right? Um, and so when I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about like there being a slight difference between self-acceptance and self-love because, and I was trying to look um, in this Fonte album that you gotta check out. <laughs> uh, I, gotta, I gotta find one of, these, um, one of these quotes that I just heard on the way up here that I can't, um, give y'all quite yet, but I'll <laughs> I'll look it up in just a second. But it ha- it says something like, um, "You are not what you do; you are how you do it." And I think that that's where self love comes from, right? So um, I can I can talk about how right at 28. I'm not everywhere that I need to be in my life or that I want to be in my life, right? There's places that I want to go, but I think where my self-love come from is the fact that in my core, I am really happy with the person who I've built Mm. and with the person that I'm continuing to build, right? And so I can accept that I still have flaws and I can accept that I still need to move forward, but I'm just really happy and content with my core, and like my foundation that I've set for myself. Um, And with that, I can accept that right now I am not perfect, I will never be perfect, I will always be trying to move forward, but I just feel confident in my foundation. And I think that that is the most important piece to having that self-love. And then 
if your foundation as a human being is not set, then how can you expect to go set a foundation with another human being, mm. right? That's mm. going to be strong and that's going to be one that's going to hold you down mm -hmm. during those times of commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Where that is necessary. Yeah. Um, and so I think that that's what's on my mind most. And I got to find that quote so I can say it exactly because it's a, a dope quote. Um, mm -hmm. But that's where I'm, what I'm thinking about right now. The foundation piece, I think, is a really good, like, thing to think about. However, unfortunately, in this in 2018, it's not the only thing we have to think about, though, mm. because there are so many. We were talking about it. What is social media and the relate? Like, there's so many other aspects in your relationship now. Where's your career going? Your relationship? Like, I always tell mm. someone, I'm not dating somebody if they can't. Um, go between the different worlds that I'm in, my work world, my family world. Like, that's important to me as a person, right? That's, again, knowing yourself. But at the same time, that's that means that I am looking for someone who has a solid foundation with themselves, but also can go into this world with me and this world with mm -hmm. me and travel overseas with me and all of these things. Mm -hmm. So in a world now, it's unfortunately like we don't have the privilege to say it's just about our foundation. It's also about social media. It's also about yeah. this. It's also like all these other things. Because we were talking about it. What happens when your boyfriend mom starts following you on social media? Or the flip side, when you break up, oh you have God. to unfriend everybody who's you on, your, on your boyfriend's side. Like these are all new parts that really are. And it's no different because it's like when you used to date, it was like, Oh, well, that was with my friends in real life. So does that mean that, like, we don't get to go hang in out with that life? couple anymore? In real life? IRL. Yeah, that was an article, y'all. IRL. And I was like, Aisha, why do we all know what it was? But why is that just an you acronym that was okay? Yeah. I, oh, my, oh, my God. No, you bring... Well, go, go ahead. That's where our lack of patience comes in. Hmm. Because right now... Um, and this is like just a generalization and probably a little bit of an exaggeration too. <laughs> but right now, right, we go on like three dates and we want to be boyfriend and girlfriend. We still in the honeymoon stage that y'all talking about. And we don't ever have the patience. Like if, if you're, if, if I'm thinking about marrying a woman and I'm going to be with this woman for, I mean, I'm trying to hit a hundred. So mm. that's 50 plus years. Then how can I create a relationship and feel confident that I'll be able to be with this woman for 50 plus years if I know her for half a year and then we get we get married mm -hmm. or you know what I'm saying or like if I don't take enough time to get past that honeymoon stage and have to weather a storm with her before I even before I even necessarily like or are truly into the connection, you know? And I think that's where we hurt ourselves sometimes also, too, when we get in unhealthy relationships, is we build the connection too fast, and then we have this love that's involved, and that love keeps us in something that's not healthy, right? Is it love, or is it like a form of just, like, infatuation or lust or codependency and, like, what we misinterpret as love? It could be, though. Yeah, it could. It could I mean, be, it could, but, you know, there's also it, those things, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, it still could be... Yeah. Love also, yeah. but love is not always something that's healthy, though. Like, sometimes if you are loving the, the wrong person, that doesn't mean you don't love them. But it just means that what you're getting in, what you're getting back from that love is not something that's doing something for you in, in helping and contributing your happiness. Mm. So, therefore, it's unhealthy, you know? But we move so quickly through the stages of getting to know people that we don't allow ourselves the time to 
truly understand yeah. like and that's not that. always like bad i think sometimes there are like shorter relationships that people are choosing or they mm. want or, or um teaches us something i know my mom used to always say to my sister and me growing up that like there's lots of people that you could be in love with that you will be in love with but there are very few people that you can build a life with mm. Mm. that's a good right. one i yeah, like that thank you for saying that that's a great point. and as michael was talking about like one building a life talking about time quantifying something talking about we go on three dates I go back to Bell Hooks All About Love because I feel like that needs to be a whole book topic on this show. But like yeah. friendships versus relationships. Mm-hmm. I think that is why do we take so like I can have a friend, you usually some of your best friends come from college if you went in college, mm-hmm. right? Right. But that means you've had at least three, if not four years to get to know somebody, right? Yeah. You then date somebody and within six months or a year you're in love with them, you want to move in with them, mm. and I'm like you don't know that person potentially. I mean, you could know them as well, but how much time have you invested in your friendships yes. versus yes. your relationship? And why don't you treat your relationship like, like a, a friendship? friendship? Amen mm-hmm. And I was telling Aisha that. So take, yes. like, let's take out, okay, what's the difference between, and Bell Hooks talk about, other than having a friendship and like a boyfriend or a girlfriend, take out the sex component. And that's why we talk, we talk about like, let's talk about sex, right? Take out having sex, take out sexual intercourse, right? Do y'all have a friendship first? Yes. How, what, this is why teenagers, grown-ups, we don't need to introduce sex into the relationship because you can have such a complicated relationship without even having sex. Think about your friends when you get upset with your friends or your sisters. Y'all got complicated relationships without having sex. Yeah. So when you add in that other dimension of your body, of this of this walking temple, if you want to call it that, yeah. which that's my own personal sexual philosophy around it, then what else are you talking about? Like, we're talking about, like... a a much deeper relationship so I think that people need to see their spouses as friends and not just like this is my boyfriend because we get caught up in that world Mm -hmm. and like your best friend who's your best friend did you know them for three months don't you how how long how much history do you have with this person yeah those are it's very great points in terms of making sure when you were like the friendship component in a relationship I I saw this saying like hold your partners um, to the same standard as as you do as your friends. So to have like that foundation to make sure you guys are solid and whole as individuals and then together as a couple is going to make the actual relationship that much stronger. But even going back to what you were saying earlier, Michael and Ashley, you said it too, when you're talking about like social media and patience and not rushing into things, what came to mind to me was distractions. Mm. I feel like we can definitely talk in theory. You know, I'm always going to throw that wrench in there. Here I come with that wrench. Like, we could talk in theory about we need to be more patient. We need to take more time to reflect. We need to not make sure we're rushing into things. But what are people really doing? And at times, people are doing things without even, like, thinking about what they're doing. Because there's so much distractions. There's so much going on where people don't have that space or that privilege at times to stop and think about it until you hit, like, a brick wall. Like, okay, I need to figure out what I've been doing with myself, how I've been treating myself, so I can have better relationships with myself and with Mm -hmm. others. But I wonder what, like, the data, the measurements are in terms of how many people are doing that. Because even in the article, which one was it? Um, Dating in 2017, where it was talking about, um, like, dating fatigue. Like, people are just, like, exhausted. Like, Mm -hmm. the whole swipe culture and the whole, like, the next one and who am I going to date and when's it going to be? Like, there, there aren't that many spaces where people get to breathe and not feel so pressured and not yeah, feel those like... first dates can feel like interviews and you're Ugh. just going like one interview <gasps> after <gasps> another after another and so you know sometimes with me I'm just like you know what I could go on this first date or I could go hang out with my friends which is a guaranteed good time mm. <laughs> a toss up whether or not this date will even be good mm. 
And that's what I mean. Do you guys? We we talked about this a little bit, but on this show before. But it's coming back because it's part of the culture, like with social media and like dating. Um, what was the t- uh, the statistic was that. 5% of people who are married or in long-term relationships met on met, online met online compared to 88% who met in real life. Yeah, so, so people who are having longer relationships or who are being married did not meet in an um, online scenario. But we're living in a time where it seems like the online portion is getting pushed more, even though mm. the data as of right now is showing that. That's and I can't money. tell if that's like very much like, I feel like the Bay Area has a very strong dating app culture. And I know it exists in other cities, but you know, I feel like especially here, it just feels like people are always on their phones <sighs> doing that. Right. You could go to a bar and like sit next to someone and be like, they could be talking to me, but they were probably swiping on their phone. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, but here's the thing, because our computers are phones hold so much like Michael and I are both on our phones right but I'm like these are I have six different articles up mm-hmm. I have all the things that I've highlighted in the article because I've taken notes on my phone because uh. if I was to leave the notebook I probably lose a notebook right but also it was a conscious decision when I had breakfast with myself on Saturday to not write my lesson plan on the phone but to have something in paper so that I wasn't looking at the phone because with the phone you're going to get a text message distraction or you get somebody mm-hmm. FaceTiming you or get my mom texting me or something like that um, actually creating the space to turn off the phone into and to like do something that's like we call old school, like write down mm-hmm. and write something. Oh my God, I remember. I think I told you guys this. Did I tell you guys this? When I was in Arizona back in October and I went to this cool little like lounge bar. They were like live music. It was red lighting. They were playing like Stevie Wonder. People up there were actually like dancing with each other. Guys spinning girls around. I'm sitting there sipping on my drink. Like this is lovely. This is great. I'm feeling this. <laughs> this two people next to me, they're having this conversation on people watching and the girl literally like writes down her number and like slips it to the guy. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> can I take a picture of this? Yes, I love it. I was like, what era am I in? <laughs> it felt so great to see that. Yeah. And nothing like divesting from some of these online spaces and investing in the IRL, you know? In real life, people. In real life. It took me some time to figure that out. Uh, it's like I was working with the kids. Like, IRL, like, like whoa by it but yeah because I feel like I am showing up as a more authentic version of myself when mm. I'm meeting people um, in person and actually mm. that's something that I've been doing um, since probably last fall I've been working with someone I knew from college her name is Logan Yuri, and she's been doing a lot of like coaching around like relationships with people mm. so I just like we just meet like every two weeks and talk about it because like the dating apps were making me like sad they're like a very sad black it's hole world especially yeah. as you know a black woman in the Bay and I was like, this isn't making me happy. No. So either I keep doing this because everyone else seems to be doing it, or I figure out like what makes me happy. I love connecting with people in person. I feel like I like yeah. have like you know a vibrant personality, and that comes across so much better in person than in a dating app. So we've been working on like how do I just show up to like places that I'm going to with this open mindset that I can meet someone here instead of thinking, oh, you know, I might just make a friend or go here, enjoy it, and go back home instead of like relying on the apps to be where yeah. I find a date. 
or the fact that we need coaching for that now, right? Mm. Need coaching on how to be interactive, or oh I God. think we need coaching on how to answer the phone and have a conversation on the phone. Oh, mm. no. That isn't that crazy? Like, there's a lesson plan. I have a lesson plan for my students on how to answer the phone because they don't know how to answer the phone. Remember, we used to have to answer wow. the phone. So and so's residents. Like, there was a house phone. That's a generational thing. Yes, I guess. it's a generational yeah, thing. And so socializing again. We're talking about kids having play dates. That's going to be something that, like, as again, we were talking about when we come mothers. No, the same. You have 30 minutes on TV, you got 30 minutes outside. Like, Dang. as women who are educated, we understand the importance of socializing in an authentic space. I mean, and also authentic and just organic. You know, because when I, I said this to Ashley on the car, like, I was like, you know, the friendships that I have and the relationships that I've experienced, they all organically happened. Yeah. And they all needed to happen for the reason that they happened. And they happened at the given time for that particular time in that particular space. It wasn't something forced. It wasn't something controlled. It wasn't something manipulated. It just fell into place. And like, I don't know, call me old school, but I, I feel like there's so much awe in that. There's yeah. so much like... It, it, and it's not to take away... There is still an awe in... I know people who have gotten married off of online dating. Yeah. Shout out to that 5%. There is still an awe when you when you scroll across that person's profile. That's a beautiful story, too. But there's also the awe in just, like, walking into a space, meeting a person, getting introduced to somebody, mm -hmm. having things happen by chance, having things happen by certain decisions that you make, and just being present, just allowing yourself to connect yeah. in real life. Because... The social media, as we said before, at least in my opinion, it's just a tool. It's just something mm. to navigate, but it's not something to dictate. But, yeah. but we're friends, and the three of us are friends because that is the way that we like to operate, and we know that. We probably wouldn't be as good of friends with somebody who prefers to operate in the online world, right? Like, if we were having dinner, we'd be irritated if we had a friend who always were on their phone, right? Yeah, again, we're talking about <laughs> certain characteristics. So, again, of course we're going to naturally be enticed to like somebody or to have interest in somebody who we meet in a natural space, whereas somebody else would be like, I don't have interest because I prefer to meet somebody online. I think about my teenagers. Like, they're going to be like, why would I want to meet somebody in person? When I yeah, I think options are important, you know? Like, it's... Uh, what is going to make you feel really confident mm -hmm. and that you you like it so if it ever feels like you know the dating app world is like taking over for someone like that's when they kind of have to like reel it back or reflect on if that makes them feel good about themselves <laughs> or not and for some people that answer might be yes and they do prefer that but for other people like how are they taking care of themselves is to still feel like they can love themselves and yeah keep on keeping on and going back to like taking care of yourself and loving yourself like the article that really stuck out to me was the brain on love because oh <laughs> you guys should really read this article because she really breaks it down in terms of like the science the neuroscience the biological science in terms of how we are wired as people because mm -hmm. if anybody's listening like well, why does this even matter it does matter because we are social social beings and the moment that we come into this world we want to connect we want to uh, we want to feel needed we want to feel loved and that first um, relationship as we know is first developed between the mother and the child and then we also get our first examples of love through what we experienced uh, through, uh, throughout our childhood but um, this article really breaks it down in terms of like the different patterns and like how the brain formulates what is normal, what is okay, what is not okay, and how that's all connected into, like, the love that we have for ourselves and, like, the love we have for others. And, like, one part of the article that really stuck out to me that I highlight this um, particular quote. Let me see if I did. 
Um, yes, it said, love is the best school, but the tuition is high, and the homework mm. can be painful. Mm. Um, in imaging studies by UCLA neuroscientist um, Naomi Eisenberger showed the same areas of the brain that register physical pain are active when someone feels socially rejected. Mm. And so... One, that just, I was like, wow, like to all the people out there who ever had to like go through any type of heartbreak, pain, trauma, it's real. Like that kind of like gives you like some like, okay, so what I'm feeling isn't just out of my mind. Like this is something that's like the way that a person feels within their heart connects to that part as, as if like you broke your bone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, I highlighted that part, especially the beginning part of the um, um uh, sentence in terms of love is the best school, but the tuition is high and the homework can be painful. Yeah. Like, Love is the best school, right? And if the tuition is high, so metaphorically, coming into this world, if you're fortunate and blessed enough to be in a school where you have parents who love you and show you healthy ways of how to love yourself, you're already ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. It's not to say you won't go through anything, Mm -hmm. but you've already been placed in a good position. But then when it goes on to talk about the homework can can be painful, to me reflected like there's always going to be some work mm-hmm. and it's going to it's it needs to be done and so we shouldn't shy away from that work mm-hmm. because regardless if you came into the most loving environment you're still going to have to work on yourself mm-hmm. or if you came into a very traumatic environment god bless you too but there's some type of work and we all need to like make an effort to work on loving ourselves better and also making sure that we're being patient and compassionate towards those who maybe didn't have the tools to know what it means to love themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, living by example. But that article and, like, breaking it down with the whole, like, mm-hmm. brain thing, and then when she gave, like, the testimony about her I husband was gonna at say, the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but there's also, yeah. because I was thinking of what Aisha said, that was a lot to, like, unpack if you are, like, listening live. <laughs> I read on, and again, I'm a di- we're different type of learners, I read on an example she goes to give was a scientist sets up a woman mm-hmm. and they give her an electrical shock. Let's just say it was at 10, right? They respond to what, how did her neurons respond to this electrical shock? They then brought in her lover, her partner, her partner mm-hmm. did the exact same electrical shot at 10. Her neurons responded completely different because he was holding her hand. Mm. For me, that is the that is actual the physical science about how your brain. So you're telling me the same shock affected me this way but as soon as I had someone holding my hand who I care about who I have this mm. loving connection with it the pain was lessened but it was mm. the same exact shock I thought that was an, a brilliant example because I was like oh wait I'm able to like talk about how that like that metaphor around like love being great but a great school but like tuition being high I'm like oh that was a better way for mm. me to break down mm. the way our neurons the example so just yeah. in case you don't get a chance to read it was she has a lot of good points in there but that was another point one thing that I'm thinking about too in terms of uh, like kind of dating and um, the awkwardness and uncomfortability that we can have when we're dating is for me um, there, there's always going to be pain in life period mm-hmm. that's just a reality of what's going to happen right um, but within that we can be strategic about the things that we do to kind of try at least to avoid some of that pain and so some of the things that I'm thinking about that kind of ties back to this idea of self-love is um, one so often when we walk in the first date we put so much pressure on ourselves to be who this person wants to see um, Mm. that we kind of lose like who we are you know Um, Mm. two I think that one thing that hurts a lot of first dates is lack of creativity. 
I think that something that could help you when you are possibly in a first date with someone who you may not continue with is if you're doing an activity mm-hmm. that you keep going sorry that you thoroughly enjoy honestly if that person ends up not being the greatest person for you to move forward with you're still going to have some way to enjoy that experience whereas if your first day is only going out to eat with somebody then that entire experience has to do with that interaction between that one person. Mm-hmm. But say if you go to a museum, right? You can go and enjoy a museum on a first date and have an opportunity to have a conversation with somebody and see if that's a person that you may want to move forward with or not. And if it's not a person you want to move forward with, you can probably get lost in the artifacts within the museum and enjoy yourself. <laughs> Right. And so I think that we sometimes put ourselves into these positions where we experience pain because we're not going into it thinking about our self-love. So I'm about to go on a first date. What is it that I really want to do on a first date? What's going to what's going to benefit like something that both people want to do? Because it's also I agree with you being creative, but I also agree in the terms of um, it's not where you go. It's who you're with, because, yo. I could be at Chicken and Waffles. If we having a bomb meal and a bomb conversation, I'm good to go. So it's yeah. also about, like, what you're bringing. Not bring mm-hmm. like, what you you mentioned it, you, you said it perfectly. Not not being what the other person wants you to be, but just br- bring yourself. Be yeah. yourself. Just be cool. Like, be spontaneous. Have fun. Do what fits you. And, like, every person is different and every couple is different. But as long as you're bringing your authentic self and you're allowing that vulnerability and that yeah. connection mm-hmm. to happen, that vulnerability needs to be there. Because people want to put on airs. People want to put on fronts. People want to put their best foot forward. But you need to gradually allow yourself to really be seen and really be shown in mm-hmm. order for like a real connection to be established and like what you had stated earlier Michael like that comes with fully accepting and loving yourself mm-hmm. and that takes work people yeah. that takes work and a lot of that is like <laughs> reflecting on those first experiences asking yourself like what side of me did this person bring out mm. Mm. right that's mm. a great question I'll... people can bring out the good in you and some people can also bring out sides of you exactly and they could be they could bring out a light light version of yourself you mm-hmm. know maybe you're really serious at work all the time or maybe they bring out you know like your intellectual side like it's just really <laughs> Like, what are you looking for and what is that person pulling out of you? Right, right. I think um, this is something that I also think about a lot as a man in a society that is uh, filled with, for, for lack of a better explanation, so many predators at this point, you know, like so many men who are just dogs. Um, I think for me it's also important, um, and, I, and I'd actually be interested to hear your three views on this. Um, I think that on a first date, there's a, there's a couple things that I would want to have in place. One, and just, just for the sake of like feeling safe, right? One, um, I would like to meet the lady there at the place that we're going to so that at any point, if she's not feeling comfortable or not you know, enjoying herself, she can get out of there. Two, I wanna go to that first date with as little interaction over the phone as possible. Like literally, I wanna set that up and then I wanna go into that date with a little bit of mystery and kind of coming to show who I am, looking to learn who she is. Um, But I think that especially in these days and ages where we don't really talk on the phone too much anymore and we just text, there's so much room for misinterpretation. Um, There's so much room for starting off the date 
with the wrong interpretations of the person beforehand that I just want to set up a time to meet. Well, I'll meet you there. If, if you're not enjoying yourself, you know, you could you could leave at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so what do, you, what do y'all think about that? I think that's something too that's important for first dates. I think it depends on the, the particular woman and individual, like what works for them. Um, Cause I think there isn't like a blanket statement that works for all. Mm-hmm. Um, although I know we're promoting self love um, in terms of like doing the work and you know allowing yourself to accept yourself, but in terms of like um, like a I I, I I I like the idea in terms of like what you're offering here is like thoughtfulness, consideration, and being mindful. So with that being said, those are the three things that I think any person, let it be the man or the woman, should think about prior to whatever type of date they want to set up. Mm-hmm. Let it be like, we meet there, or you pick me up, or we talk on the phone, or if we don't, like, let's just be thoughtful about what type of experience we want to create. So I like the fact that you're being mindful of that. Mm. So whatever, like, that, what that blueprint looks like, do you? <laughs> <laughs> like, ideally, I would like to... And this is and this is not always, you know, something that can happen. But ideally, I would like to set up a date without even exchanging phone numbers. Okay. It depends on everybody. Nah, yeah. like if I if I could in that first interaction say, hey, like, you know, I'd be interested in going to a coffee shop with you. And if I got an acceptance to that offer, then I'd want to set that up. And the, and the reason only is, and I, like I said, I know this is not all the way realistic in, in this day and age, but the reason why I like that is because then once again, um, I think something that's important is also the opportunity that if at any point um, in the early stages, you kind of need to cut ties with that person, that's there. Okay. And so if, you know, if, if if I were able to set up a date, go on a date, and we didn't even exchange phone numbers until after the date when we knew we were interested in each other. Word Wait, choice, what if you need date? to like, yeah, yeah I was gonna say that What too. if you need to change something but you don't know how to contact each other? Yeah. Then, you know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that wasn't all the way thought through, but I think that it would be, um, yeah, I think that it, it the mm-hmm. openness, especially as a, as, a, as a young man in this society, to allowing a, a woman at any point to say, you know what, I'm not feeling this, I need to get out of here, um, well, sounds is like, something that I, I care about. Okay, it sounds like you're coming from the perspective of just wanting to make sure that there's the freedom for one to- or the safety. The, the freedom and the safety to for one to dismiss themselves for whatever given reason. Right. But like you, said Ashley how does one define a date also like we're talking about friendship like there's so many there's so many there's so many ways that you could define just that interaction but what I was gonna say was when you think about like asking somebody out I always think like so what made you ask me out I'm is the way that I look is what I had on because mm-hmm. I don't want to know you but I want to like know why you would why are you interested in asking me out did you see me vibing did you so yeah. I don't want you just yeah. to come up this is why I don't date people who just be like so I just seen you and I just really want to come and talk to you I'm like because you're only basing this not on my characteristics not on mm-hmm. my morals right. but on my physical appearance and for off of that I don't want to have anything to do with you off of that but then also the, okay the challenge that though 
can you... But that's me personally. I, okay, well, okay. I feel you, though, too. Because, I mean, especially, like, in a culture, like, for women, like, catcalling, you're definitely not going to respond to the man like, hey, 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 girl, like, no, we're not going to do that. But I remember I had a man approach me, and we were out, and he was like, yo, you seem like you got really great energy. I see you laughing. You're talking with your friends. That's different. That's Looking different, right? Yeah, so about. if a guy does follow up with, like, an explanation, is that okay? Because yeah. most of the time, like, if we're being honest, people are going off, like, what they see yeah. at first. Yes, but it needs to be more than that. Like, True. you need to not see me and be like, I just wanted to talk to her because her butt was so big. I just wanted to talk to her because her boobs or her hair was bomb. Yeah, that's true. But that's it true. needs to be like, again, because I like in real life, I think about how Have I met my partner. He was like, I seen you talking and you always in your own world and I was just, I wanted to know what y'all was talking about because yeah. to see people so happy and content in a space with one of their, with their friends out and about, I thought that was great because they wasn't yeah. like looking on their phones, you weren't like trying to order a drink, you were, y'all was in your own world. That is, again, because I want to in real life situation. That's yeah, what right. attracted me. Or knowing somebody through somebody. I that I used to only date people for a very long time who knew people through people because I was like, I, you can't just trust strangers out here. Yeah. Man. And I would never get that vetting. Yeah. And I would never walk up to a lady and I, and ask her out. But there are certain situations where, like you said, that I could see that lady in and be like, maybe, maybe I'd be interested. Yeah. And, and that's not to take away from also there, you know, and I don't know if I'm, I'm bad to say this, but it also doesn't take away from there still being initial a- attraction, right? There, there no, is yeah. some, some attraction, but I would never, uh, like, I would never, I don't even, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say if I walk up to somebody and try to get her number or, you know, go out with her. I think her. the best but, thing to do is just be honest and just, like, be authentic and, like, just have, like, a genuine conversation. Because, yeah, like, we can definitely, like, we could all be, like, attracted to different people. But it's like, all right, that's just the surface or whatever. Let me see. Let me take that. Let me take that leap of faith. Mm. Let me take that risk. Let me approach this person like, hey, how are you doing? Like, be polite. Be courteous. Right. But that goes back to what we were saying, like, the coaching thing. <laughs> like, the world we're living in today, it's like we swipe. We don't approach. People know right. how to approach. But well, I hate you know, to, like. Approach. I got Anybody could pay me for services. <laughs> I hate He's to, like, let me end this segment with my pitch. <laughs> I really hate to, like, um, put a stop to this, because I really feel like this conversation can keep going, because we did go from, like, talking about not looking for acceptance from other people, but having acceptance from ourselves, building proper foundations, um, making sure that we're not getting caught up in the social media and the distractions and allowing ourselves to be in real life and to approach and to get to know one another. So many things were said. Mm-hmm. Um, however, and we'll, we'll get back to this, people. We will, but we do have to segue into other topics. But I do want to say, and you guys could add something else real quick to it, but Ashley, when you would mentioned about the holding of one's hand, even during a moment of pain... I think that really just really reiterates and reflects why we're even having this conversation because at the end of the day, we all need love for ourselves and we need love for one another. Mm. And to be in a position in life to learn how to take that, um, that courage, that willingness to walk this life with love for yourself but then also have the courage to let somebody else walk along with you through that journey, it's a blessing. And I mm. think it's something that we all want, we all need, and we all deserve. But if we do the work and we're willing and we're able, we can have that. Mm-hmm. So make sure you got someone to hold your hand through the whole time. But don't be afraid to hold your own hand, too. So, you know. 
Y'all feel good? I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel good, and I feel like we could talk about this, we, we particularly to... just in the black community, because oh. how do you how do you love yourself when you've been in a trauma space, or how do you love yourself when you? Yeah. So I think that this relation, I mean, this topic can go on, and we could talk about it, obviously, with. Um, black lens. Mm. I think we should come back to this. I think this definitely connects to other topics in terms of like the let's talk about sex, the internal wokeness, like this relationship Interracial dating because again what happens when you date somebody who comes from a different world, from a different privilege who Mm. may already have self-love, what is somebody able to give to you? There's so Mm. many things that can go We're going to come back to this. There is an article I want to quickly shout out for people to read. Um, I forget who published it but it's called like relying on your like female friendships when you are like living in a world built for couples and it was like published two years ago I like revisited and reread it um, because I knew we were having this conversation and just like really talking and being honest about that very thin line between the solitude of being single and the loneliness that you can easily slip into, Mm. um, especially as more and more people in your lives um, start to become couples and start to have relationships. And um, even if you want to have that girls' night every night and whoever you invite, like, maybe fewer and fewer people go. And, like, how do you still, like, maintain feeling like you are grounded and someone still got you? Mm. Yeah. Knowing your time and your... I like that. Let me think about, like, there's a time and a place for everything, too. And it's good to cherish that time with just you, because forever's a long time. And cherish your time (laughs) with your friends. Yeah, it's all Yes, I spend time with my significant other, but I also find time to spend time with my friends. Good topic. We're gonna we're gonna come back to that to you guys, but we gotta stay on track here. I'm gonna look at the time like yeah, oh snap. Too, yeah. So we're gonna segue now into our take root and give back portion of the show where we highlight different entrepreneurs, um, social activists, writers, musicians, just great people within our community who are doing great work. Sometimes you know in life, not sometimes. A lot of times in life, we're always looking at the celebrities, we're always looking at the who's who's, but it's not even about that. It's the people within your own backyard, within your own community that are doing great things, and we need to take the time to acknowledge those who are doing great work. And that's why we have Odelia with us today. And it's very it's very cool because it's Women's History Month. Yeah. So this is, like, perfect, you know? So I'm just so excited. Can we just clap it up one more time? Where are we? <laughs> I gotta, we gotta keep the energy. Yeah, it's really energy. exciting to be having this happen during Women's History Month. Yeah. History Month, yeah. And so, okay. Delia, you are an educator. You are. Did you? I was. I looked you up. I was, you know. You um, are a Harvard grad. I am Harvard oh. grad. You are um, from the West Indies. Yep. Grenada. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana. You said England, Miami. Now yeah, I went to grad school in the UK. Yes. Taught in Miami, and like, yeah, I've been here for two years now. So, educator, oh. writer. Would you consider yourself a performer as well? Yeah, just like a creator in general. Producer in all sense of the words. And Odelia is here today to talk to us about the This Is My Body project. Just go ahead right now and explain what This Is My Body is, um, how it came to be, um, and what is the whole project and what it's about. You could tell our listeners out there. Yeah, so last fall, I think everyone remembers, you know, Me Too breaking and hashtag Me Too and everyone sharing those stories. And for me, Me Too was about more than just talking about the sexual assaults and the rapes and everything that's happened, but this 
grander story of our society and just like this lack of ownership many of us feel of our own space mm. um, and that you know tiny things already like I love when parents tell their children that you do not need to hug someone if you do not want to hug them mm. like let people know that this is your space so how do we reclaim the space that is a skin that we are in uh, and I didn't want the conversation to just stop with the hashtag because I see it all the time hashtag activism and then like it's stop so like how are we moving this forward and how are we understanding some of the roots of the issue because yeah. it starts when we're really young and it, it starts with you know our body and our sense of like what we feel like we own and don't own and what we can say yes and what we can say no to and especially yeah. the no uh, to so I was throwing around some ideas with my friend Vina who I also work with and I was like yeah I think like you know something I want to do is you know one woman shows I've always found those really great and I saw one last year um, in the Bay about the Black Virgins Aren't for Hipsters, and I was like, oh, this is a great show. Like, mm. really love the one-woman shows. And I was like, but I want to spin on it. I want it to be amateurs, and like amateurs aren't going to want to be up there for a whole hour, hour and a half. So then suddenly landed on five minutes, you know, because in five minutes you're going to tell a story, but how do you craft that story in five minutes so people feel like, Oh, I have questions, but that's okay if they have questions because every great story leads to questions from the audience. Mm -hmm. And having amateur women perform was important to me because we so often don't know how we want to talk about things. You know, like, is it going to be writing? Am I going to make a statement? Am I going to make my Facebook status that ends hashtag me too? Am I going to write a memoir? Like, how do we... And for me, the creative arts is is so powerful. When I was younger, you know, I grew up, uh, we were the only uh, we were the only non-white family in the entire school district. So I had a lot of crazy things happen at school, and I'd come mm. back and I'd be upset, and my mom would say, you know, write it down, because once you get started writing about it then you can start making sense of it so for mm -hmm. me like writing um, and creating worlds especially worlds that widen the narrative because so much of my issue that I clashed with when I was younger so many people had really tiny um, narratives that they refused to widen to like let me be there so like that's something I was like I'm not going to do that every time I create something it's going to be a really big narrative to capture as many stories as possible uh, and so that that's always been a, a space of growth for me because I get mad at a lot of things all the time going on <laughs> you know you wake up and I'm like oh that went down like Oh, I'm so mad yeah. and I can either stay in that space that makes me feel angry um, and it's a space of destruction sometimes you know anger is good but if I dwell on it too long it mm. gets destructive yep. um, but when I'm focused on creating crafting whether it's a word or a show building something that did not exist before I mean that is like a power that I can contain in myself like that keeps me grounded in a space of construction yeah. and I want that for other people and so many people feel like oh I'm not creative like I'm not you I've never done that before you know like I'm just an engineer but there are pieces that people can pull from that and mm -hmm. really start to heal because not everyone wants to show up to a march not everyone wants to you know put everything out there on social media um, so when I first got to the bay I was like I just need to learn the bay so it's only been in the last year like 2017 that I've started to do more of those creative things that I did before because I've always been about the performing arts in undergrad um, I have a space that I've been building out with my friend Tobias it's called Black Queer Flow it helps um, queer and trans 
once people have a space to uh, talk about their experiences online, mm -hmm. and we're trying to build that out in the community centers in different cities. And so I started a, um, a creative like resistance collective, like post Trump, because I was like, all right, everyone needs to just like sit back and like let themselves experience what they're experiencing. Yeah. And, uh, I was hosting that out of like a, a room in my um, apartment building, and then last fall I did a poetry night. It was called um, Intersectionality, Collectivity, and Possibility. It was like a night of poetry with women of color um, that I did in Oakland. And the response after that particular event was like, when is this happening again? Like, mm. how do I plug into this? Like, where is this happening? I don't know when this is happening. Like, can I, like, mm -hmm. have your number so I can ask you, like, yeah. about when this is happening? I was like, oh, there's, like, people want this to happen. And obviously, there's so much already happening in the Bay. So for me, it isn't, like, are things happening in the Bay? Like, do people know how to plug into it? And do people feel like they could also be not just watching it, but in it as well? Yeah. Um, and so this is going to give these women a chance to do something they've never done before. For. Uh, and it was also important for us to cultivate them to feel like they that creator inside of them can continue past this um, event. So when we were um, gathering women for the event, we're t we were telling them, like, we're going to develop you. We're going to give you mentors yes. who do this all the time, and we're going to have writing workshops, and we're going to have performance workshops. We're not just going to throw you on the stage and you do what you do. Like, this is about me investing in you, because I believe that you can use this space to say something that you may never have said before, um, and then hopefully... Even if that's just them, like, taking time to journal every day, moving forward, that's something that has still fundamentally shifted in their lives. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a good equal exchange in terms of the women performing are going to give a, an opportunity to heal, to express, and to share. And the audience that will receive that are going to mm -hmm. receive something as well. Mm -hmm. And in, it's interesting that you... You say that these are amateurs, people coming into the space who may have never done something like this before, but you guys are preparing them yeah. with mentors and writing workshops where, in my opinion, doesn't make me feel like they're an amateur. It makes mm. me feel like they're going to be well-prepared, well, like, in a good, confident space to share that story. And so... You are a woman who does a lot of different things. Because everything you just named was like, whoa, she's like a poetry corner here. She's doing that over there. Like, she is making it known. And I love the fact that... I'm a space creator. Yeah. You know, that's what I think about myself. An opportunity creator, a space creator. Like, I... I don't need to tell anyone's story. I just need to create the opportunity for and them to do that. Creative. I think it's great because, just like you mentioned, like not everybody per se wants to or needs to show up to a march. We all have our different ways of expressing mm -hmm. social protest. Mm -hmm. And so with the setup um, of the actual, well, first of all, can you let people know when is it taking place yeah. and where? And then the actual setup of This Is My Body, five-minute shows, how many women are performing? And is it like when they're telling their story, are they like performing it? Or are they just like saying it? Or they, can they do whatever they want? Can they get up there and just sit and like be all dramatic? I mean, like, is it varying in terms of like how the delivery is happening? Yeah, so it's This Is My Body because it was a wide enough theme that people can talk about, you know, a funny thing that happened with their body all the way to like maybe sexual trauma. We didn't want to dictate what people talked about. Mm. Like, again, this is my body. Like, we've all got them. What do you want to say in this moment about it? So the, um, the event happening on March 24th. It's going to be at the Way Christian Center. It's 1305 University Avenue in Berkeley. Um, big shout out to uh, Pastor Michael McBride for providing the space for us. Wow. Um, they're considering a part of their um, healing series. So they do a lot of event around like Dope. healing and just elevating people's voices. Um, so there'll be 10 women uh, storytellers performing. And then the 
three mentors will also be performing as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, so get a little piece of them as well, and they're really powerful. I mean, they're all powerful. I've been blown away every time that I've heard them open their mouths. I'm like, you said you haven't done this before, but mm. that was profound, what you just said. Wow. Uh, yeah, and so they'll each have five minutes, and they can use that five minutes how they want. Most of it will be some kind of storytelling. Um, we're going to be doing some workshop on movement, so hopefully they'll feel like mm. they're actually telling you a very concise five-minute story that they can like move around uh, and make you feel like you are sucked into a space. Hmm, I like that. I'm very excited. So 13 women, five-minute stories. So someone do the math there. It's 105. I already counted. There we go. Right. Hour and five. An hour and five minutes of profound yet eclectic stories where people are owning their bodies and encouraging other people to be comfortable with their bodies too. And so this is going to be another event where people are going to be like, so when is this happening again? Yeah, March 24th at 4 p.m. Um, at 1305 University Avenue. It's the Way Christian Center in Berkeley. And like when I said, when is this happening again? I was actually pointing to the fact that people are going to say when is this is going to be happening again. After the first time they're going to attend this, yeah. people are going to want more. Because when you told me, I was like, wait, I want to tell a story now. Like, mm. this sounds great because there's so much that, like you had no like already noted, the actual performers give and then what other people are going to receive from this. And that's just awesome that you yeah. took... When did you... Um, like, start the planning process, though, behind this. December. Um, wow. And then we, like, wow. really sat down in January, like, launched the application, spread it around. Oh, Had a goal for, yeah, uh, we wanted people to apply with an idea. So we wanted to know that people mm. were invested. If you put thought into, like, That's this good. is what I want to talk about, like, I know that you're invested. Right. Then there was also a question about, like, how would you add to the diversity of the show? It was really important for us to get a diverse uh, range of voices and not just, like, one person telling the same story over and over again because the bay is like rich in so many things like anything that i do i want it to mirror that richness wow Were you gonna say something ashley no i was just thinking that question um how do you add to diversity or something it's a it's a question i literally just read on a grad school app and i was like i have a, such a problem with that question because it's like how come you can't meet me and see the, 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 the array of like people that we have before a show is different when you're facilitating a show my question was going to be how are you stifling the performances are you just like oh we critically thought that like, we want to start with, or we just want to mix it up with different type of stories like how have you thought about um, putting together these 75 minutes or an hour and five, which is what I was thinking, 105. <laughs> yeah, we still have the two performance workshops. So the first one is happening on March 10th, and they're supposed to come with finalized, like, finalized drafts. Um, and so from there, we'll know, like, what the different types of stories are going to be, and then we'll be able to stagger it so people are getting... You know, maybe we want you to cry one moment and laugh one moment, or maybe we want you to be confused. Mm -hmm. Like, really want people to like leave feeling like they just got an onslaught of emotions, and now they need to sit down and write their own five minutes. Hmm, Bob. And in, in terms of like, how many applications did you guys receive? Did you guys receive a lot, or was it hard to kind of? Did you have to like go through a whole like, I'm sorry, we'll get back to you type of process? <laughs> like, it was mainly uh, we had a cutoff date, and we had a bunch okay. of applications after the cutoff date. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, we are, we are. <laughs> We knew we only wanted to have, like, um, about 10, and we actually ended up taking more than 10 because we knew there'd probably be some drop-off anyway. Right. And, and anybody who applied, like, before the day who was thoughtful, we weren't going to say no to. Yeah. Mm. Wow. This is powerful. It, it is. This is. This is extremely powerful. 
and I already stated it. I'm going to state it again. Like, thank you for, like, the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. for bringing all these different women into a space to empower them to share their story. And thank you, really, for making sure that Me Too is not just a trend, mm. but continuing that work and really making it, like, a real-life thing in real life. Like, <laughs> this is real life, people. People have different things to share about their body. And I'm excited to attend. I will be there. I will too. No, I talked about it to her earlier. I was like, I'm excited. I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please be there. For bring the your friends. Everyone bring your friends. It is it is free. Uh, we are asking for a suggested uh, donation that's going to go to a local um, nonprofit uh, from, like, yeah, in the Bay okay. that is benefiting uh, young women. Wow. That's yeah. great. Look at that, guys. You get an idea. You talk to one other person about it, another friend, and it's like a contained passionate wildfire mm. that just sparks all types of other great people to come out and do great things because you started this in December and look at where it's at in March yeah and, and it's we're, gonna take off yeah and we were talking earlier like I ask for assistance like in the things that I need like I'm never like and any ask doesn't seem too big for me like if I mm. like hey do you have a space I can use like hey are you good with like video camera mm. like I have just fully been raised to believe that like a community will form around you and like hold you and like make your idea go from an idea to a reality. There you go. All you got to do is put some action behind the vision. That's some action-based faith right there. I know you have a Facebook page, but is there a flyer that we can that we can help you with this promotion? Because this stuff... Like, there I'm, is a flyer, I'm yeah. sitting here like, we need to... Get, men need to see this. Women need to see this. Like, this is just... Um, for so many levels, um, like, this needs to be something that... Um, a lot of people are able to touch and able to, to feel just because, um, like that you said it, the idea of taking pain um, and then being able to construct something with it. And then I'm thinking in terms of being a man and hearing that and being able to connect with those experiences and learn more about um, women in this society, like that's just the, the power. The power in that is um, amazing. You know, you turn... An experience into a teaching thing that both um, makes that experience something that you use to better yourself, but then something that we can all learn from as an audience. Um, so definitely, yeah, we, we want that uh, we want that flyer. We want to let people know to come to this. Yeah, and I definitely want to say that I'm like co-producing this with like two other amazing women, Vina Vo and Corinne Colgan. Shout out to I them. I could not uh, do it without them. Like we mm. each bring something very specific to the table that has um, helped us be as smooth as it has been. That's amazing. One team, one dream. We will definitely put the flyer on our Facebook and Instagram. And we'll promote the web, web um, episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to quote you from your blog because if you guys want to keep in contact with Miss Odelia, aka Delia, mm-hmm. um, she has a blog, um, Footprints in Air. WordPress.com. And you stated in the blog when you're talking about this is my body. I've always found the arts to be a site of healing and resisting for me, healing from pain and resistance of all the world throws at me that is aimed to harm me. Some people march. I move through creating art, whether it's on page or on stage. And I want that for others as well. I was like, I read that. I was like, yes. I was like, there you go. (laughs) And that's what this is, a space for healing. So we appreciate you, Odelia. Thank Thank you. you. We're going to segue now into our last portion of the show. We're on to 
time. We're on time. Yes, we are. I know I always say that this is my favorite part of the show, but every part is my favorite part of the show. But I really do like this part of the show because I think it's important to just highlight books and to just make sure people are reading because we're scrolling. But are you reading? But are you reading, though? I mean, are you reading? Uh, Are are you reading? reading? I forget the statistic of how many people do not finish a complete book after they're done with, like, their formal schooling. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a very low number. I don't remember what it is, though. Oh, Lord. That's what I'm saying, y'all. Y'all better start reading for the robots take over. So this is reading. (laughs) (laughs) We were tangents. Just- <laughs> I should like to create a podcast that happens once a month called Tangents. Just, just tangents. Yeah, that just talks about our ride from Oakland to um, San Francisco on the way to this podcast because our conversations are. We talk and we are on the same wavelength, and a lot of people are on our same wavelength. And like, it's so nice to talk to somebody. Be like, yeah, who like connect all these dots. Like Michael listens to me talk all the time, but I'm like, I don't know if that even made sense to Michael, but he's so used to hearing me. Like it probably did. It makes yeah. sense to me, Ashley. I mean, real talk though, I don't know if the books are gonna stop the robot takeover, but at least we will be well read. <laughs> at least if you read, you will be less of a robot. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I'm holding on to my books. I'm like, forget that. But yes, guys, every episode, as you know, um, we all highlight a different book that um, we encourage you guys to check out. You can check out these books or maybe go check out another book. But in any case, we can always make you can always be guaranteed that there will be at least two to three books you will get from the Seed You So podcast team. You know what I'm saying, man? That's when I start talking all like in this other weird accent. I don't know what it is, but like talking like that. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Tangents. 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 Hashtag tangents. Hashtag you don't know what a tangent is if you didn't take math. So I just want out there, not only is reading because I'm not big on reading, but I was a mathematician growing up. I love math growing up. Math is like we find that kids who that's why you did score numbers certain quick. numbers on math like I do well in college, that's low funny. income, first generation kids. Math is all about it. But I was just thinking like math is. Really <laughs> if you don't even know what tangent is, the understanding. If you oh understand man. Okay, so who would like to go first? I'm ready. Okay. She ready? Go for Michael's it. Michael's ready. Oh shoot, Michael got the book today. He does. Go. I Mike. got the book every day. Um, to, uh, no, to open up, uh, you, you said this too as you were talking about um, what you're going to be doing on March 24th. But I got a daily quote too that is uh, perfect in um, like introducing the book that I brought for today. And that quote is When I was younger, my mom would always tell me to write when I felt confused or hurt or angry. She would say that once I could start putting everything inside of me into some language, that made sense to me that in creation I would start to understand myself more and I often think of this as creating myself to creating myself to freedom creating Mm. myself to freedom wow that's cool um so with with that quote to um to introduce this the book that I brought today and that I thought that was important um in the idea of self-love as well is called the freedom writer's diary um, that's written by the Freedom Riders with Aaron Gruwell. Um, the Freedom Riders, the movie, came from this book in this class. Um, and I thought about it today in the sense of how oftentimes as adults, we think that we're the ones to be teaching the, the young people about things. Um, and this idea of like self-love and we should be telling them about self-love, et cetera, et cetera. But here, um, these young people are creating their way to freedom um 
And we have a lot to learn in doing that. And in terms of us learning about our own self-love, um, oftentimes it could be reading or it could be performing or it could be many different facets that we could do. Um, but it takes some type of getting it out of our mind and on to something else hmm. for us to kind of learn that. And so I think that this book is a representation of that um, and it kind of fit well within um, our, our wonderful speaker today and our wonderful topic. Um, so yeah, The Freedom Writer's Diary by The Freedom Writers. All right. Look at that, they got a Mario on the cover. Remember Mario? I, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that they got the, like, the movie on the cover. And I not, know, like, right? you know, but uh, they, Hollywood. They were trying to sell it. <laughs> uh -huh, they it all goes back. All goes back. Right. I'm, I'm looking at Mario, not Mario, but Mario and Hillary Swank. <laughs> but no, but, but everything. the stories are. Yeah, yeah. no. Bomb. Thank you. I want to read that now. Part of it, but I haven't had a chance to. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, this is going to be my first time highlighting a book that I am now just reading. Typically, the books mm. I highlight, I've already read, but I just started this literally two days ago, um, and it's entitled Give and Take um, by Adam Grant, and it is a book that is all about the idea behind the power in giving. Mm. Let it be in social settings, um, relational settings, but also in business settings, and how there are scientific, statistical um, data behind the fact that people who are more prone to situations where they are able to give and give holistically and offer more of themselves and more of their talents and their, their um, gifts to the world, overall live happier lives and are also more successful. Mm -hmm. He has a TED talk about it. Look him up. His name is Adam Grant. I'm about 15 pages in thus far. Um, a good friend just recommended it recently, and I'm excited for it. And I, I will come back and talk more about it because I feel like this could be like an episode, mm -hmm. but I don't know. It really spoke to me because thinking about how we live in a world at times where people are always thinking about what they can get. Mm -hmm. um, and I consider myself a giver. And it was good to hear, like, oh, there's a book about this? Like, okay. Like, sometimes you feel like you'd be depleted always giving. But there's good things in being on that end of being able to give yourself and give your gifts to this world that we've been given. Because our life itself is a gift. So, yeah. Give and Take by Mr. Adam Grunt. Ashley. Um, all right. So my book, this is the first time I actually highlighted somebody who wasn't a black author, I felt like, on the show. You be hella black witty. Yeah. She's all black. I love it. You know, you know there's not enough of this in culture. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, but uh, my book is The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Oh. And um, actually, three years ago, someone, like, gave it to me on audiobook, because I really am into audiobooks. And um, she brought her book, too. I actually, yeah, Michael, we were going to do a book club on it, but I really like oh, it because um, she is in, when we're talking about self-love, she talks about things that make you happy, and sometimes we force our partners to do because they make you happy, and sometimes there's good in that, and there's also sometimes bad, so the example she uses is, like, every single holiday or, like, certain holidays, she likes taking pictures of the kids and then, like, scrapbooking them and, like, sending them to the grandparents, and she, like, her husband, she's always trying to get him to write the address and put the stamps on, and she realized, like, we don't have to do this that I do this because I actually genuinely like it like this is something mm. I like to do and it made me think about today like reflect on things that should make you happy and they don't always have to make your partner happy but like you should know what makes you happy mm. um, and uh, it just makes me think it's all about self-love like if you don't know one thing that makes you happy 
is problematic. I know one thing that makes me happy is when I'm stressed out, I want to go and see <laughs> homes, like mm -hmm. drive around and see homes because I love architecture, or I want to see a beautiful view, whether that's a body mm -hmm. of water or that's hills. Mm -hmm. um, but that makes me happy, and I need to know that because that is self-love, and that's how I know how to get myself back into a certain space. So The Happiness Project by Gretchen it. Rubin. It makes me happy that I took that book out of my bookshelf today because I thought of it for the same exact reasons as you did. Wow. Let's let that moment sit. That's deep. <laughs> deep now I wanna read it, because you don't talk about it, you don't talk about it. Alright, let's all get happy. <laughs> I can highlight a book that I was recently rereading. Um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys already talked about it on the show, I could talk about oh, another good. book. Uh, but I was rereading um, Home Going by Yag Yasi. Um, yeah, I mean, she's a Thursday born. That's what they uh, <laughs> do in um, different parts. I cool. believe she's Ghanaian. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I reread it because when I watched Black Panther, I thought a lot mm. about it because Home Going is about these two half sisters who, and their family strands um, that go out from there and so one of them is taken across the Atlantic as part of the slave trade and her family um, is like has their like American story that is told and then the other sister gets um, like married off to a white man in a slave castle and it's about her family's journey um, in West Africa wow. and it's alternating between the two families and you um, you see how both are impacted by the legacy um, of slavery, whether they stayed um, on the land or whether they were taken, mm. uh, and how some of them had to come to terms with the fact that they had helped um, sell some people um, into slavery, mm. um, and how do you reconcile with that legacy? Um, and then seeing on the other side uh, in America how they like slowly got stripped away from their language, like the last chapter of the person who still knew um, their native language, uh, and how. She never smiled and only spoke to her daughter in that. But that's eventually lost um, to the other generation. So seeing how you can map different traumas and pains, but also successes, too. You know, you're mm. like, oh, well, I see in this great-grandparent, like, they had a really strong will, and I see that pop up again later on mm. in this person's uh, family tree, and how all of that is just written on, and, like, at the end, you know, I'm not going to spoil it, um, how do they come back together again? And, you know, I was really thinking about that with Black Panther, with just wow. thinking about um, Njadaka's storyline and T'Challa's storyline, and how there's, you know, reconciliation and pain um, mm. on both sides and how do we have start to have those conversations because one of the best pieces I read on the movie was written by an Oakland native who at the end says that like the biggest silence and absence in the movie is that um, T'Challa doesn't apologize to Njadaka for the things mm. that have happened to him. Wow. Like, he talks about it in the ancestral plane. He says, we did this, we created this monster. But he doesn't have that moment in which to articulate that to, um, to Njadaka so he feels um, that at least that was recognized. Mm. No accountability. Wow. Man, Man that's empathy, deep. though. Mm. Learning from a face of empathy, social, emotional learning. People are not, don't empathize. Wow. Thank you for um, sharing that. That and it came out 
Am I? Did it come out in May? Like, or that's just the. It's, 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 I think it came out in 2016. I want to say either 2016 says, or 2017. Yeah, I'm like this is new. Yeah, fairly new. Okay. Um, I'm I had a this. book club last spring at work about it. Mm. Okay. I'm gonna thank you for um, bringing this up because I never even heard of it. So I definitely am going to read that. Yeah, and she went to Stanford. I don't know if she still lives mm. in the Bay. But... Okay. All right. That's dope. Look at you guys got some great books to check out this week between the happiness project between freedom writer diary freedom writers diary homegoing and give and take there's all types of greatness for you guys to indulge in so clap it up for your guys selves for bringing these books <laughs> snapping i'm stomping <laughs> stomp the yard <laughs> there you go in the show drop the mic <laughs> see you so yeah. and we done Film went out. It's okay. <laughs> we still here. Sunday night. What you know about it? Okay. <laughs> I thought y'all was gonna come in with me, but okay. Scooters and Skittles and Sprite is not a. Um, M&Ms and Sprite. M&Ms and Sprite. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Skittles and Sprite. It's, it's a solo like, project. <laughs> it is that. a solo project. No. I am not. Deacon Mike is not a feature on that. One. What? No, y'all been hyping up the album. It y'all is. I'm a hype man. I'm a hype man. Project. No, you're just not you don't need any features. Forget you're that. For no, they saying that now, y'all. The album's still coming out. They about to be featured on at least two to three different tracks. Ideally, you got to come through now too. So we're gonna have different people. We're gonna have interludes like a Janet Jackson album too, y'all. It's gonna be real good. Anyway, we are the CG Show podcast. Oh, you almost we- forgot. Yeah, we could just quotes real quick though. Yeah, throw our quotes. I think that's real a great quick. way to end it. All right, so here's some quotes for the week. I'll just start it off real quick. I don't know who stated this, but I saw it. It's very simple and it's very direct. Love is for the mature, and I always took that in terms of like a person who is willing, a person who is whole, and a person who is mature. So love is for the mature. That is my quote for the week. My quote for the week. Um, I don't know who said it, but in light of um, her story month, her Delia say that. Uh, Weldom do, uh, seldom do well-behaved women make history. I strongly believe that. I am a rebel in the way that I show up at work, in the way that I show up in spaces, in the things that I say, the unspoken. People are always like, Ashley's so authentic. She'll say anything. She's so blunt. And I just honestly believe that, like, I'm not going to leave a legacy on earth um, assimilating. Amen to that. Mm. I'll do my favorite short Nayyar Wahid poem. You do not need to be a fire for every mountain standing in your way. You could be a water and soft river your way to freedom, too. Mm, wow. I like that. Thank you. To live is to feel oneself lost. Those who accept it have already begun to find themselves to be on firm ground. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. Whew. Just letting that sit there, y'all. I appreciate it, you guys. I really do. I really do. And we appreciate those who are listening. Um, we are the Seeds You Sell podcast. You can come with us. You can tune into, uh, you can tune with us live Sundays, 8 p.m. to 9.30. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. But um, more importantly, outside of all that, we really hope that um, you were really um, moved blessed and intrigued and engaged by this um, topic today and uh, we'll get back to you guys next week peace holla thanks for having me